0: Good morning, my friends online and my friends over at the 301 campus for tuning in. Can I read you something beautiful? I call this the hope of heaven revealed. I've got in a practice each and every morning to go over this scripture in my heart and in my head. I thought we would start our perspective this morning with this, the hope revealed, the hope of heaven revealed. Then I saw God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning. Breaker family, Campbell family, Doyle family, no more mourning. There will be no more crying. There will be no more pain. For the old order of things has passed away. It's the hope of heaven revealed. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down. For these words, trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And to the thirsty I give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all of this and I will be their God and they will be my children. The hope of heaven revealed. Let's pray. God will you grant to us today A clear understanding of patience, perseverance, and steadfastness in the midst of trial and pain and confusion. God, I would request before the throne that you would give us a biblical understanding of how we can hold on and hold out for a better life in you and with you. Father, as we open your word, I pray that you would open our damaged hearts. I pray that you would teach us about the relationship between temptation and perseverance Holy Spirit, may your word be applied like a medication over our hurts and pains so we may heal, so we may may become complete, so we may become mature in all that we do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, the scripture verse that I read to you that I'm calling The Hope of Heaven Revealed is the end game for us in Christ. It's what we get to look forward to because of the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. My job as a pastor is to help you as you help me finish the race well, to complete the race, to stand in the presence of God with no regrets, forgiving, waiting at the judgment seat for the chat with the king, who with all authority will examine our lives Deeds and thoughts, evil and good, which was done in the earthly body. Acting in accordance with the shepherds from God's word, I want to spend some time this morning challenging you and reminding you of a powerful life-changing address Peter wrote to the elect. Peter gave us eight characteristics to help us navigate the Christ-centered life. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and goodness and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control. And today, we will look at perseverance. Faith, given to us by God, that has been something granted to us, a gift from God. You can't manufacture it, you can't buy it. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you've been given faith. And as we do life, we add goodness, we do good things, we add knowledge, we have self-control. Pastor Rick taught about those four, and today I will bring a message on the fifth characteristic. And depending on your translation, you will look at or you may read steadfastness, or patience, or perseverance. As we dive in, I want to set the tone this morning by asking a few questions and then answering those questions. A few questions we need to ask is what is it? What is this characteristic? How is it applied and how as a follower of Jesus Christ in a broken world, how do I live with it? Let's answer the first question together. What is it? Well, depending on your translation, whether you're using the NIV, the ESV, the NASB, or some other version, you will get steadfastness, patience, or perseverance. But the Greek gets it right. The word in Greek is hupomini and it actually means to abide under. Tell your neighbor, we need to abide under. And then we translate that word to, to English, we get the word patience, it's, a, it's the closest word. But really the Greek nails it with this abiding under, we as followers of Jesus need to stay under what Christ has set up for us. The biblical definition of patience or hoopomini is the ability to hold to one's goals in spite of opposition or even persecution. So, Peter is addressing the church to supplement their faith given by God with patience. So, the easy takeaway for us as God's people gathering in God's church is we're going to get some pressure. We're going to have some pressure, things are going to get heavy. Can anybody testify with me today that things can get heavy? Heavy in our hearts, heavy in our families, heavy in our seasons. Confusion can set in, doubt can set in. It even can rock our faith a little, even a lot. And as a follower of Christ in hard seasons, compromise is crouching at your door. It will be tempting you to move away from Christ because of the pain, because of the stress, because of the pressure. So let God do that work in you. Let God do his, use his word today in you. One thing I want to bring to our attention right off, because we're all going through different seasons, all at different levels, we all have different types of pain. One thing to remember is this type of pressure, this type of weight, it's not necessarily evil. In fact, it's it's good. But most people struggling through various trials and pressures, they don't want to be told that what you're going through right now is good. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to say, okay, it's good. Like, it's all right. That's why it is important for us to gather under God's word, under the power of the Holy Spirit, for careful examination of the scriptures you see, these careful examinations need to be done in advance to prepare us for the storms that we're going to face because as believers, we will face the storms. We do not want to be caught off guard. Reminisce with me for a moment, that, that, that moment in the, in the scriptures where the disciples are with Jesus and a storm arises and Jesus is asleep in the boat and the disciples are freaking out. And the disciples run to Jesus asleep and they wake him up and they say to Jesus, don't you care that we're going to die? I want that kind of patience. I want that kind of abiding under. So when the storms coming, I'm asleep in the boat, knowing that my heavenly father's got me. That's what we're talking about here. That's what Peter is saying, the the kind of abiding under. Because this pressure, it's going to help you. Though during the trial, when pressure is applied, you may have questions You may have fears and you may want to give up, but brothers and sisters, please don't. Don't shift. I wanna give you six important words that have really helped me in this season. There's a plan in the pain. There is a plan in the pain. Say that to yourself right now if you're going through something. There is a plan in the pain. I want you to think for me, I'm a cooker. I like to cook. A little amateur chef. Think of a pressure cooker. The goal of a pressure cooker is to change a product from one degree to another by adding heat and pressure. And the end result when you use a pressure cooker is a great meal, a better product. You see, in life, that's you and that's me. That's us as a church. We are in a a pressure cooker. Peter is saying, you got the faith. It's been given to you by God. It's kind of like you're holding out your hand. This is, I'm holding, like like I'm holding a scarf. This is the faith that we're holding on to. It's the faith that I'm holding on to. It's the faith that we, as the church, need to hold on to. And then as we do life, we're kind of pouring these things into the pressure cooker. We're adding that that goodness. We're adding that knowledge. We're adding that self-control. We're adding that hupomini, that abiding under. And then we put the lid on it. And the heat begins to get turned up and the pressure begins to do all of these things and it hurts. It's, it hurts, it's hot, I, I want it to stop, but abide. Don't shift. You see, this, this pressure cooker, it's doing something for us. See, it's molding us into a new type of person, even now. You see, in Christ, that's our walk, we are on the narrow road. And on the narrow road, we have these moments with Jesus. God given us the faith. And as, as Christians, we are learning how to add to our faith so that we will be productive and be able to complete the assigned task given to us. Church, we are learning. We are learning together. We are learning as a church to hope in things we cannot see. And add. Add these characteristics And in the process, as the heat comes, we change. See, this is good news. This may be even good news to you today. God wants us to change. God, in his sovereignty and in his grace and in his mercy, looking down from heaven, seeing our situations. Oh, how he doesn't want to intervene. He wants to jump in. But he knows for our good, if we abide in Christ, we will change and be more like his son. So we lift these prayers up and I feel like some of the times I'm lifting these prayers up and they're banging off the ceiling and coming back down. And there's these moments where I think, God, are you even listening? But he loves me, he loves you, he loves Calvary so much that he's not jumping in because he wants us to abide, to trust, to add to our faith that he has already given us patience. So the biblical concept that Peter is teaching the elect here is that we as God's people need to abide under. We need to stay under, we need to be patient, we need not to move, not to rush away, not to lose control, but to be steadfast, to plant our feet, because our life as a believer, we're gonna have some major trials. And because of the brokenness of this world, as a believer, you will eventually find yourself in some pressure. You will eventually find yourself in some circumstance, some problem, some frustration, and you can't change it. And you'll want to change it, you'll try to change it. But the reality is, you can't. Because in God's sovereignty and his plans before the creation of the earth, he put certain things in play. And no matter how much you try, you can't push the will of God out of its rightful place. So you won't be able, you you can't run from it, you can't hide from it, you can't ignore it, you can't fight it. You will need to abide under. And in your abiding, here's some truth for you. In your abiding, your heart. Your heart will begin to change. You'll start to love different. You'll start to pray different. You'll start to Admire things a little bit different. In in your abiding, your mind will start to change. You'll start to think different. Your eyes get lifted from the earth and the the selfishness of consuming everything to the ultimate goal of heaven revealed that one day you and I will stand with the king. And we will rejoice because he has lifted the curse. Your mind will change. Your faith will change. We sang about it oceans. What if God's church were those people stepping out of the boat, walking on water where there's borders? There is no borders. We're just trusting in what Jesus would want. We're listening to more of what God is saying than what people are saying, what the news is saying. We're trusted more in what God's word says than anything else. And we step out in faith. Our faith changes, our lives change. You won't like it. You won't like the pressure. You won't like the storm. And you will be tempted to compromise. You'll be tempted to look for easy solutions to eliminate temporary pain. You may even consider walk away, walking away from your faith. I'm going to stop coming to church. I'm going to stop praying. What's the use? But don't. Church, we need these seasons. It doesn't sound like good news, does it? We need this pain and this, this pressure. That's, that doesn't sound like good news to me. So why do I need it? Why the struggle? Why the pain? Why the tears? Why the loneliness? Why the hurt? Why the frustration? Why? Why, God? Well, it's actually very simple. You and I are not the finished product. Wherever you are right now, that's not the finished product. That's not the finished product, and that's such good news for us. I'm still not finished. You're still not finished. People online yell to your kids. Tell them to come into the room right now. I'll wait, go do it. Yell to them. Say, hey listen, I'm not finished. They'll look at you all confused, and then tell them they're not finished. That marriage that is struggling, it's not finished. We need to abide. Come under. It's not finished. That degree you're thinking, about, you're thinking about quitting, you're not finished. Abide under. Have patience. The kid's not making the best choices. Some of us, as we get older, we pray for our kids. Please be with the, in the faith. Please walk close to Jesus. Don't give up on those kids. Don't stop praying. Don't feel like your prayers are hitting the roof. They're getting to heaven. God is listening. He beds his ears down to his children. Do not stop praying for your children. He is not finished with them. Abide under. Struggling in your singleness? Feeling lonely? He is not finished. You're not finished. Abide under. We have faith issues in our church, in our families. Oh, son or daughter, brother or sister, God is not finished with you. And we as the church need to lean in a little bit more, even here today, because he is not finished. He said it was finished on the cross, but he is not finished with us. And that is something to amen about. Because there is hope in Jesus. There is hope in these seasons. There is hope in the trial. Because he has promised he would never leave us. Adding hope and need to our faith brings perspective. Being patient brings Understanding. Being steadfast helps us with clarity. Patience will help you trust deeper and race longer. You see, I need this, you need this, we as the church, we need this, and what we need to do is together abide under. We need to challenge each other. Hey, brother, sister, are you abiding under? I know what you're going through, we'll pray about it, but don't shift. There's a plan in the pain. See, church, we have a great caution to talk about here. Peter is giving warning to the church that you will have fiery trials that will want to consume your life, your will, a testing of your faith. These trials will be actually doing something. But the issue is when there is pain in the offering, abiding in Christ is the last thing we want to do. You see, in the storm, in the pain, you will struggle You will cry, you will stress, you will run away, you will hide. It's biblical, actually. I was reading through the word over the last couple months and just kind of looking at different people and just how they were living their lives and the messes they were making and how God was coming into the middle of the messes and just kind of straightening things up. And we have these major characters of the faith that are just screaming, abide under in their life. They may not be saying it, but their actions demonstrate it. When Adam made a mistake, what did he do? He ran. He hid, actually. He hid. God spoke to Jonah, and Jonah ran away. Peter, in the garden. These guys come in, and what does he do? He grabs a sword. He fights. Upper room. Resurrection time. Hasn't happened. Jesus is dead. What are we going to do? Did we just waste three and a half years? We're running. We have fear in our life. What happens? Thomas questions. We run, we hide, we fight, we question. But Jesus, Jesus stressed. There was this moment in the garden that he tells his brothers to say, hey, just stay, stay awake with me for a moment. I'm gonna go off here and pray. There's some major things about to happen. And in his stress, so much stress, blood poured from his forehead. That's how much stress he was under. But he didn't shift. He, didn't ab- he abided He abided under the will of the Father. Jesus sets the great example for us. There will be great temptation in these moments even to shift to things outside of faith that will really damage your life. Turning to drugs or alcohol or sex just to ease the pain, but brothers and sisters, it won't. It will only mask the pain for a short time. And when there is pain in the offering, we don't understand. You see, I'm learning even right now in my own, my own walk with Jesus, my own personal day-to-day, that understanding comes later. It comes later, after the beating, after the nails, after the testing, after the trials, after the tears, after the funerals, after. It comes later. In the middle of your hurt, you abide under for your own sanctification and for your own growth. Just like when our kids are growing up, we don't actually see them millimeter by millimeter getting tall, but then we look and we notice that they're growing, they're different, they're bigger. That's what happens under the pressure, in the trials. We bear the weight and we let God help us in the midst of the most hardest moments of our lives. And if we were to do inventory this morning, I'm not a betting man, but I would bet that, are, that there is a lot of hurt. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of confusion. There's even people ready to give up on their faith. You gotta let the Holy Spirit just come and minister, convict and combat and strip away and reconstruct our life using the fifth characteristic of patience because the end result, this is beautiful, is our maturity when we abide under, when we don't shift, when we're persevering, when we're steadfast, when we're patient, the end result is maturity. And that's some sweet news. Because if we do not let it happen, we're really going to suffer. We're going to suffer in our understanding of God's word. We're going to suffer in the next storm that comes because it's not just one storm. It's like a rainstorm, a hailstorm, a tsunami, it just doesn't stop. It just keeps coming because we live in a broken, fallen world. It happens. But the end result for us, if we do not shift, if we abide under, if we are patient, is maturity. Maturity in Jesus. That's what it does. So we need to allow the Holy Spirit to bring healing. Rush your hearts on this medicine from God's word. Romans 12, 12 says this, that we as the church need to rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Galatians 6, 9 says, and let us not grow weary of doing good, for in a due season we will reap if we do not give up. Romans 8, 25, but if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience, Ephesians four twelve says, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. Psalm 37, 7, I love this, be still before the Lord and wait patiently on him. And James 1, 12 says, blessed is the man or woman who preserves under trial for once he has been or once she has been approved, he will receive the crown of life with the Lord, which the Lord has promised to those who love him beloved, don't miss out. Faith given to you by God, For then add goodness, knowledge, self-control, and then abide under. See, Peter doesn't want the church to miss out. He doesn't want you to miss out. The Holy Spirit doesn't want you to miss out. Jesus went to the cross so that we wouldn't miss out. Tell someone right now, I'm not missing out on my maturity. I'm not missing out on my maturity. I'm not going to let the pain and the, and the trial that I'm in right now strip me, from what, strip me from what God is doing in my life. Before we end today, though, I want to talk some shot. I want to talk about how we as God's people can abide under, some practical tips on how we can abide under in our faith when we are going through things that are they feel like they're out of control because it's good to learn what God's words mean, but it's even better to put what God's words word mean into practice, into our lives, and see the fruit of that. So I wanna give you three ways today, three ways to bear the weight in this season. It's the how. I wanna make it super simple for us to understand. Paul uses a tent metaphor for our lives. If you are a reader of the New Testament, I'm gonna do the same. Let's just say our life is a journey. You're born, you don't ask to be born. You don't pick where you're born. You had absolutely nothing to do with being born, but you're alive. And you have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And if you don't know it already, you're on a journey. All your words, all your actions, all your deeds, they're being recorded, both the good and the bad. And if you like it or not, we're gonna have a chat with Jesus about it. And for so many years, that scared me. And let's just say for fun, we're going on a camping trip. I do not like camping. And on this camping trip, your body is the tent. You see, understanding this body right here, you didn't design it, you didn't choose it, you didn't even ask for it. But it's been given to you and you are the caretaker of this tent. And this tent is going on a journey. And for 18 and God forbid, 30 of those life journeying years, someone like a parent has been helping you with your tent. Covering the tent, washing the tent, caring for the tent, fixing up the tent. The tent has traveled, the tent has done well. And let's just say for fun, every time you learn a lesson, you get a patch to put on your tent. A patch that goes right on your tent so, so, you, so you can display it. And right now, depending on how old you are, you have all kinds of patches. But one day that tent is gonna wear out. It will be no more. But that day is not right now, because this day we're learning about how to abide under Jesus, but that might be tomorrow. It could be next week. We do not know the plans of Jesus. But right now, we're, we're sitting under the counsel of the Holy Spirit and God's Word. And the most important patch you'll need to know about is the patience patch in the life of a Christian. Because the patience patch will help your tent not to collapse on itself. It's the abiding under patch. You want to have the, the patience patch on your tent because it will certainly help you in life. See, we want to keep our tents in prime shape until we get the new tent. And what I'm really saying is our earthly lives have been given to us by God. But one day our earthly lives will end and we will, get, we will begin our eternal lives. But we will not bring this body with us. And I say thank you, for, thank you Jesus, for that one. Because I hope my glorified body is bigger. <laughs> abs, are, abs are okay. It's not a must. I don't need them but we will end this life and we will get a new glorified body and it will be amazing. So we want to keep this tent in prime shape. The tent you have right now, it won't last. And learning to add to your faith patience will help you tremendously. So the first thing we have to do to bear the weight and abide under Christ is you need to insulate the tent. That's the first thing we need to insulate the tent. It's one of the things I've been learning. We need to create a barrier. See, a barrier will keep the faith in and the fear out. We need to keep the faith in and the fear out. Think, about like, think of it like a cooler. A cooler keeps the products inside fresh and safe while keeping moisture and danger out. You go on a, you go on a camping trip, you got your food, you want your food to last, so you put it in a cooler because it's a barrier. Well, patience keeps the faith in and the fear out. See, fear, what fear wants to do for us it wants to dominate us. It wants to manipulate us. It wants to dismantle our lives. Fear is, is, is pretty intense. We, I, I picked up the words in our songs this morning. If you tune into the next service, look at the words. There's lots of words about fear, overcoming fear and the, drive the fear out. See, fear wants to take us out, but faith, oh, that's, that's really good for us. That's been given to us by God, and what we need to do is we need to preserve that faith. We need to Faith will help us keep our tent strong, keep our life long, long-lasting, keep our faith in Jesus, in the right things. So our goal is to create this barrier. You need a barrier. Matthew Jones is... My assistant and we do life together a lot. Every time he gets vacation, that kid goes camping. I don't know why. That sounds like a ton of work to me. But he loves it. We sat together the other day at lunch and he said, after you get everything set up, it's just so peaceful. I'm like, all right, you tell me the stories and I'll reminisce from you. But when you go camping and you set up your tent, what do you need to put down on the ground first and what do you need to put over your tent? to keep you dry. A barrier, a tarp, that's right. See, the tarp is the barrier for the tent. So when the pressure is adding, the stress starts to mount, the fear begins to bang on the doors, you have perseverance, you have patience, you have learned to be steadfast in the storm, you have a barrier keeping the faith in. Well, that barrier that keeps the faith in and the fear out is the truth of God. It's the truth of God. The truth of God is the barrier, it is the tarp over your mind, it is the tarp over your heart, it is the barrier that you need. See, the truth of God will help you press in, it will help you hold on, and when you are are too weak to hold on, and you're beginning to let go, having that truth on the inside, the truth will hold you. So you need to make sure that you know God's word. Why do you think every pastor at Calvary says the same thing for every issue? We say the same three things. If you haven't talked to a pastor yet, you're gonna get these three things. Well, what does God's word say? Well, have you read God's word? Well, let me tell you what God's word says because it speaks to that. Every time we will say those three things. See, knowing the word of God keeps you from shifting, from doubting, from moving to things other than God. The word of God is the answer to being patient. That's how you can be patient in tribulation, in trial, is using God's word to combat whatever you're going through. So practically, to be patient in trial, you need to be productive in learning and living in the 66. That's where you live, in the 66. You spend all your time, you put all your effort into the 66. You build your villages and your towns and your roads in the 66, learning how to navigate through them and what they mean, how to apply it, how to live for it. The word of God will keep you safe during a trial. That's the first thing. The second thing you need to do to bear the weight and abide under Christ is you need to cut ties and tie down. Cut ties and tie down. Adding patience to your faith will keep you secure, steady, and firm in a trial. See, patience ties you firmly to the truth so that you're not bouncing around all over the place. James picks up this lesson in his book. I love the book of James. Very easy, very practical. Lots of people don't like it. I like it. Helps me to learn. Helps me to live in a, in a, in a, in a good uh, abiding way in Christ. And James is telling his audience, the Jewish audience, that a Christian, you need to not be like a wave, like a road wave being tossed around. People like that, Christians like that are double-minded. Tossed around. Tossed around. We need need to be secure. Be a secure rope tied firmly to the cross of Christ. Just like your tent. Get out in the woods, you're setting up your tent, you need to tie it down so it doesn't blow away. Peter, and James, John, Paul, they're all saying the same thing. The characteristics of patience and perseverance ties you firmly to the hope, to the only hope for this world. When the storms come and you're scared, Patience and doubting. Patience will keep you from doubting the finished work of Christ. Perseverance screams out in the darkness of your soul don't give up. Christian, don't give up. The first two weeks of is passing, I heard that voice scream from the darkness of my soul don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give in. Friends, everything in my flesh was telling me I didn't want to do life without Laura. Everything, every day was so hard. I cried myself to sleep for two solid weeks. Exhausted and mentally, emotionally drained, I wanted to be done. The soul aching. Man, it hurts when your soul aches. The heart wrenching, the pain excruciating. When I was weak, the Holy Spirit was strong. He spoke in the darkness and he told my soul, perseverance has tied you to the cross. And though you want it to be over Nick, only I get to declare when it is finished. The word of God was speaking in the darkness. We need to abide under. And when we have no more strength, Jesus still promises to carry us through. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that... That's an amen moment. I felt the truth welling up in my heart and my mind, and this thing came to my heart. Nick, in this moment, and I'm passing this on to you, in your moment, think about your Savior, not your pain. Think about your Savior, not your pain. Think about his blood-stained hands on the cross, You're tied to the cross, and he is carrying you through. He's carrying you through the streets, not to execute you, but to take on the punishment that I deserve, that we deserve. He is carrying us so that we will learn to trust in his great care. You don't understand it in the moment, but let patience be a a patch sewn on your tent. Let the Holy Spirit add this in your life for later you will understand though right now you may not. And I just want to tell you as one of your pastors, that's okay. It's okay that you don't understand what you're going through at this moment. I would say let your weary heart and minds find rest in the truth of Jesus Christ and on the promises that he will take care of us. I, Jesus, have overcome the world And he has made us a promise. And he says, I am with you. So Christian, do not let a second pass, another second pass without firmly attaching yourself to Christ. And make sure that you are saved. And if you're running or doubting from the Holy Spirit, let's just pause for a moment. If that's you, if you are in the pain, and you're barely hanging on, doubting, Maybe you're even ready to give up on your faith. Did you come into the church like that this morning? Is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? Then let's stop for a moment because that's the importance of church. It's not just come in and sit down. It's come in as broken people in need of a Savior and allow him to minister to us by the power of the Holy Spirit and let the word go out. So let it go out. Just for a moment, just let it just meditate on your heart. And those things that you've been dealing with, he hears, he sees, he's with. You've been carrying them around like a suitcase, just bringing them everywhere you want. Let's just stop for a moment. Let's just give it to him right now. Let's give him this season. Let's give him that doubt. Let's give him that pain. Let's give him that bitterness. Let's give him give him that broken relationship. Let's give him that struggling that you have in your singleness. Let's give him give him that dealing with the sickness. Let's give him the mourning. Let's give it to him. That lack of understanding. Let's give it to him. In your seats, let's ask God just to take these things for a moment. He'll minister to us if we allow him. I'm going to give us a minute. We don't need a rush. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would minister to your bride this morning. that you would come and collect. That we would come and collect on the promises that you have given us in your word, that you would restore, that you would bring healing, that you would help. You would take these burdens today. God, don't let your people walk out the door with them. They'll still be in their minds, but God, let it be released in the name of Jesus so that we can trust in you, so that we can abide in you so we can grow in you, so that we may become mature in all that we do. God, do your work. In Jesus' name. Amen. You see, a Christian not tied to Christ lives both in the church and in the world. And what they do is they go back and forth from the things of God and to the world to emotionally satisfy their cravings, and they never mature. Today, church, we need to cut ties with the things that are are from the world. You may be struggling right now, and in this season, the only thing that's really holding you back is you're tied to too many things in the world. It's time to cut ties and take that extra rope and wrap it around all those things that secure us in Christ, all that truth that will help us grow in grace. A few weeks ago, I taught the young adults. In a Christian's life, they need to do four things They need to go, stay, lead, and obey. They need to go away from the things that are burning their testimony and leaving deep-rooted scars. You need to get up and move from those right now in Jesus' name. That is not a cistern or a well that you need to return to and you need to break it off now. Too many Christians are dabbling in both and it's hurting you. You're the one that is suffering in it. You may think it's fun. You may think it's, it's great. It's hurting you. So go away from, stay, stay close to the things that will grow you, help you. And the things that will grow you are the things that are outlined in this word. And one of the major things that we need to get around is we need to come together as the church in Jesus Christ. In the building, come, wear your mask, we are safe here. Come together with the people, come to DC so that we can minister to each other. There is a great barrier between us, me, and the people who are watching online. There's something missing. And it's the fellowship, the community that God has outlined in his word. And we need it. You need it. We need it. We need to stay close to those things. We need to make room. If we don't have enough time in our schedule, something else has to go. It just has to. The hope of heaven revealed is what is coming for us. So we need to make room and stay close. We need to lead. As we grow in the likeness of Jesus Christ, as we are adding these things into our life, we need to be a leader. We need to take ownership in our own lives. It starts with us first, then our families, then our church, then our communities. If you're out in the community and you're not in the church and you're a Christian, that's gonna be an awkward conversation with Jesus. You need to lead first, home, personally, home, church, community. And the third thing is we live a life of obedience, and it's hard, but we need to turn from evil. Make choices every day that honor God. Get in the habit of living, living right and rapid repentance. Having ties to the world will keep you running to the things that hurt you. Let's stop that hurt today. So we need to insulate. We need to cut ties and tie down. And the last thing we need to do to abide in Christ is stillness. Be still. In such a fast-paced, busy world, be still. Exodus 14, 14 says, I love this. You need to write this down if you don't know it. The Lord will help you while you keep silent. I came back from sabbatical, and like my brothers and sisters that I work with, they said, "Hey, what did you learn?" I said, "I learned I talk too much." I literally learned that I talk too much. I don't have to have a say on everything. Close your mouth and be silent, Nick. Before the Lord, for He will fight for you. Psalm 44: Tremble and do not sin. Meditate in your heart upon your bed and be still. Psalm 46: 10. Be still and know that I am God. The great lesson I have learned from the counsel of God's word and the training of the Holy Spirit is to be still in times of trials. Less is more. There is a plan in the pain. So a quiet place to pray, a set-aside time to meditate on God's word, an empty page to write, a turning of the ear to hear what the Lord's saying. Church, can can I say something to you? Sit before the Lord and be still and make your prayer like the counsel Eli gave to Samuel. Lord, speak, Lord, for your servant is not too busy, not too distracted, but speak, Lord. Your servant is what? Is listening. Don't you want to be listening to the things of God, the one who has all truth, who is truth himself? He knows better what we need than any man or woman Sit still before him. Our lives can be like a guitar sometimes. A guitar sounds great, but sometimes that guitar guitar can play out of tune. God uses pain to tune our hearts so that we can join in in the great symphony of praise all of creation is offering to God. So don't waste your pain. Sitting before the Lord in expectation is not a waste of time. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He is the one that binds up the broken. He is the great healer of the hurts Peter is saying, abide under Christ, be patient, be still. For these troubles that we are in are only momentary. And soon the curse will be no more and we will stand before Jesus and he will wipe every tear away and forever heal us and we will worship God forever on that day. Amen, church? So keep the faith in and the fear out, insulate. Hold fast to Jesus, cut ties with the world and make certain you're secure. And when the pain is too much, be still. And let the Lord minister to your hurts, for he will bind you up. We live a cursed life waiting for the hope of heaven to be revealed. We don't understand heaven and its riches until that curse is really lifted. So we do our best with what we have and what we know in hope, so in hope of what is to come. So we live this cursed life by the hope and grace found in the curse breaker. We need to abide and keep adding to our faith. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance. And to perseverance godliness, and godliness mutual affection, and mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. God, will you help us to add patience into our life this week? God, thank you to Peter for writing these things to the elders so that we would know that the things that we are going through are for a reason. There is a plan in the pain. God, you will help us. You will be with us. You will grow us into all maturity if we do not shift, if we do not compromise, if we do not run from these things. That hurt us sometimes. So God, I just ask for a blessing over all of the people who are here and the people listening and the people watching. God, that you would help us to be patient, trusting in you. We love you so very much. We give you this day. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen.